0: Oh, they'll fake it. Bates throws it. He's got him. wide open. He's got Charlie Gant inside the 10. He can walk in. Spartans win. Touchdown, MSU. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap.
1: And the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Green and White Noise, part of the Athletics Podcast Network. My name is Chris Vanini. I'm joined by Colton Pouncey. We are your hosts. It's time to talk Michigan State football, the transfer portal, and finishing up on depth charts. A reminder, if you're looking for Michigan State basketball talk, check out The Beat with Brendan Quinn and Nick Baumgartner. Uh, They always go deep on Michigan and Michigan State basketball every week. So check out that. We are here to talk football, though, in the off season. Colton, how's it going?
1: Um, I'm bored, man. <laughs> <laughs> really, I just, I I'm just looking for something to do. You know, it's been a, it's been a quiet month. Uh, I do miss football, but I do miss like being able to write about relevant topics on my beat, which, uh, you know, we're getting by. But <laughs> it'd be nice if there's something to talk about.
0: Yeah. So we, we <laughs> talked a little bit last week about. Uh, coaching changes and whether or not that'll happen uh, at this point they won't happen at this point they won't happen till after signing day if they do because coaches are out on the road recruiting um, mm. so kind of got to wait and see on that but we have some topics to talk about here uh, today some questions and stuff that's up in the air but first we have to talk about some breaking news that hit right before uh, we started recording Colton were you aware that uh, in the bachelor universe grocery store Joe and Kendall have broken up
1: What? Yeah. Oh, no.
0: Just got this story from People Magazine. They released a statement.
1: Wow, that's Uh, a shame.
0: I know. I am heartbroken. Uh, Everybody's heartbroken. But um, we'd go into it further, but you'd probably stop listening if we did. But (laughs) Colton and I are part of the Athletics Bachelor crew, so uh, I had to break that news to him.
1: We got to talk about the uh, crossover between uh, college football writers, really football writers in general, and The Bachelor.
0: So. Yeah, someone tweeted me the other day about why sports writers like The Bachelor so much, and I responded that I tried to get them all into pro wrestling, but nobody else <laughs> wanted to go for it.
1: Yeah, I'm not really with you there.
0: So, speaking of breaking up, uh, some recent additions to the transfer portal may be of interest to Michigan State. <laughs> uh, the Detroit Free Press reported the other day that um, former Alabama defensive back Nigel Knott is in the transfer portal and that Michigan State has reached out to him. That's according to the Free Press. He's a former top 70 recruit in 2016, but that was four years ago, so it's the star, the star rating doesn't matter now. But he sounds like a guy who was possibly going to have a medical retirement, or at least a medical red shirt. Didn't play last year. Nick Saban spoke of him like he was done playing football, but he's apparently been cleared to play and is now looking for a new place to play. Played ten games in 2018 as a reserve defensive back. We'll get into the defensive backs later in this episode here, uh, but uh, something to keep an eye on. Nigel not. But what's more interesting is quarterback, which is always more interesting. Peyton Ramsey, who started much of this year at quarterback at Indiana after Michael Penix got hurt, he is a graduate transfer who is in the portal and the MSU recruiting department followed him on Twitter, giving us, yes, they did. giving us something to talk about in terms of <laughs> the quarterback position. <laughs> and he followed back. So he is team follow back. Yes. Uh, they also followed Chase Bryce, the former Clemson quarterback who MSU recruited a long time ago, but of, 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 of everybody who's, I guess, uh, realistic for MSU to get, I feel like Peyton Ramsey is worth talking about here for a minute. He was honorable mention All Big Ten last year, twenty five hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns, five interceptions, sixty eight percent completions. Again, he took over when Michael Penix got hurt. Uh, twenty eighteen, he threw for almost three thousand yards. Colton, what's your initial reaction to this uh, possibility? Should MSU go after him?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, I was impressed with Ramsey in twenty eighteen when Michigan State. Uh, traveled to Indiana to play there, and Ramsey was a starter back then. Um, He's a really accurate quarterback. I think that's the first thing that stands out. And when you look at, you know, a guy like Brian Lewerke, who completed, you know, under 60% of his passes most of his career. Um, Ramsey completed 68% a year ago, 66 a year before. Um, He knows how to get the ball to his playmakers. That's probably his biggest strength. And I know he doesn't have the biggest arm. Like, you're not going to – he's not, you know, Patrick Mahomes out there. But – he knows how to get the ball to the playmakers in space. He's he's playing a spread offense. Um, if you watch that Indiana game versus Michigan State last year, you just saw him distributing it, um, or I, you saw Michael Penix distributing it to uh, his big receivers on the outside. But I still think a guy like Peyton Ramsey, you know, he knows that system. He can do that just as well. Um, and when you're Michigan State and you're replacing a quarterback, um, you got a lot of inexperienced guys back there, and I think you're looking for an option. I think he's a good place to start, especially if he's interested as well, which it seems like he is. So, I, I actually, I think he sh- they should go after him for sure, and it seems like they are.
0: Yeah, at least on on Twitter, there I I agree they absolutely should do it because you just, I mean, the coaches know a little bit of what they have in the room, but there's not a ton of game experience outside of a little bit of Rocky Lombardi, you know, last year, which was not great as a redshirt freshman he's he's a proven commodity and msu is lacking that all over the roster in 2020 as we went over the offensive depth chart last year uh, last week next year's offensive depth chart a lot of questions at wide receiver offensive line tight end quarterback like if you can bring in a guy who has experience and can settle things down a bit that's absolutely huge especially for the most important position in the sport and in, in interconference in, or intra conference, grad transfer is not unheard of. Jim Harbaugh's first season, they had Jake Rudock, former Iowa quarterback, who did a solid job and I think is actually still in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, given the questions everywhere on this roster right now, they need some stability somewhere. And I think Peyton Ramsey would be it. Not that he'd light the world on fire by any means, but, uh, if you have the if you have the ability to bring some stability to one spot uh, by by adding a grad transfer, I think you absolutely got to look at it. Will they do it? I don't know. D'Antonio has stayed coy on this, uh, but I think the Twitter follow is at least a sign of something, and it gives us a reason to talk about something.
1: Yeah, and if you're the coaching staff, like you've seen Rocky Lombardi in practice every day the last few years, you know he'll be entering year four at Michigan State. Um, this upcoming season um, depending on when Ramsey wants to land at a school maybe he wants to wait until after spring football I'm not really sure his plans there but maybe you get the spring to look at Rocky Lombardi and, and I guess evaluate him as a quarterback and see if he's the guy for you and if you kind of come to the conclusion that I don't think he can do this then maybe it, it makes sense to reach out to a guy like Peyton Ramsey who can uh, bridge the gap for one of the younger quarterbacks to come along um, see what those guys can do maybe in the future, give them another year to develop. Um, so I do think at the very least you bring in a guy like Peyton Ramsey, it it strengthens the competition more than it already is. Uh, maybe it kind of lights a fire under some other guys to compete. Um, and again, maybe it sparks a transfer out of that situation, but you know, you might have that anyway. So at least you're adding another quarterback to the room. Um, I'm just not sure Ramsey's interest. I mean, the followback is a good sign, but if you're leaving a school like Indiana um, where you you know, if we're replaced as a starter, uh, you have one more season left. You probably want to be the starter in your last year. So maybe you go to a school that that's more of a guarantee than it would be at Michigan State. So I think that's a factor as well. But uh, definitely something to monitor for sure.
0: Yeah, the follow back's always a good feeling. Everybody knows mm-hmm. it. And, uh, yeah, in terms of timeline, you know, I don't know if, like, we don't know about spring football, if he has to graduate, whatever. But I imagine things will move pretty quickly. He will be pretty sought after. Um, mm-hmm. He's, a like I said, an established – Guy's got pretty good numbers out there. He will probably have a lot of interest, and in. it would uh, behoove MSU to make a move on that if they plan to do that. So mm-hmm. we'll wait and see, but, hey, maybe there's something to talk about at the quarterback position. But let's move into defense uh, and the depth chart. Last last week we went over your projections, Colton's projections for 2020. Uh, let's go – we're going to talk about defense here. And Something I didn't actually realize until I read through your um, – your piece, is just how much they're losing. They're, yeah. they're losing seven multi-year starters, eight starters overall in defense. Kenny Willekes, Joe Bocce, Raekwon Williams, Mike Panishuk, David Dowell, Josiah Scott, Tyreek Thompson, Josh Butler. That's a lot. And this is a, this is a program that's been used to solid defense for a decade now. And this will be the biggest questions we've ever had about this group uh, in a very long time. And What's your, before we get into the positions, what's your big picture look at the the questions that this defense faces right now?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a test for the defensive staff for sure. Um, You know, I think the offensive staff certainly gets a lot of the attention nowadays, but I think this upcoming season will, it will be a test for those guys on defense when you lose as much as MSU does. Um, You know, you're talking about a couple All-Americans, preseason All-Americans, Kenny Wilkes, Joe Bocci um some all big 10 talent up and down that that defensive lineup that you kind of lose in 2020 so a lot to replace uh i think this year will be about development and you know finding the right pieces because they do have a lot of young talent there which we talk about a lot but um they're gonna have to kind of put some pieces into the puzzle here and and uh i guess find this next wave of defensive talent because uh I guess the, the cupboards, it's, it's a little bit dry right now. You got to kind of replace that.
0: Yeah, it is absolutely a transition year in a year when MSU has what could be the toughest schedule in college football. Let's start defensive tackle. Uh, who, who do you project starting there and uh, why?
1: So I have Naquan Jones and Jacob Slade as my projected defensive tackle starters. Um, That one was actually pretty easy because those guys have been the top reserves behind Mike Panashuk and Raycon Williams uh, this past season. And I think those guys are pretty good. You know, Naquan, we talk about the 2016 class a lot. Naquan is the only remaining four-star player from that class. He will be a redshirt senior. Um, Yeah, so that class, we talked about how much it's kind of falling apart. But I think Naquan Jones has a chance to really come on in his final season. He probably could have... If he were at a different school, I think he could have started for a lot of Big Ten teams, but um, he chose to stick around and looks like he'll have his chance uh, as a redshirt senior. Um, Jacob Slade, he'll be a redshirt sophomore. Uh, I liked him a lot. He was part of their 2018 class. Um, he had a sack in the pinstripe bowl. Uh, he's a guy that really kind of recreates the line of scrimmage, which uh, is something Mike Trestle talks about a lot. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what he can do as a full-time starter. He's probably in that Mike Panashouk mold. Um, and Ron Burton is kind of known for kind of molding these defensive tackles. So uh, if there's one position to kind of feel good about, I think it's this position based on how much experience those guys have had as reserves. Um, so I have those two guys as my starters here.
0: Yeah. When MSU's defense has struggled, it has come when defensive line has been the issue. And that was the case in 2016 when they went 3-9. When the, when the defensive line isn't good – Everything else pretty much falls apart. It all starts with being able to stop the run with this defense, and that obviously starts with uh, the defensive line. end, uh, there actually is a starter returning here, Jacob Panashuk. Uh What do you make of the outside of the line?
1: Yeah, so I kind of went on a limb here. Uh, Jacob Panishuk has been a starter for a couple years now. I think that's that's not going to change under any senior year. Um, he had a pretty solid year last year opposite of Kenny Wilkes, but, you know, I think more attention is going to be on him this year, so we'll see how he does there. Um, I, my other projected starter, which I don't think a lot of people will agree with me just yet, but I want to see what Michael Fletcher can do. Um, he was a 2019 recruit, so he'll be a redshirt freshman next year. Uh, but this is a guy with offers from Georgia and Alabama, among others. Um, came to Michigan State. He wanted to feel close at home. I was at his uh, – commitment, announcement, ceremony at his high school. Uh, he's from Flint. So, I mean, I look at him. He's kind of a long, lanky, lanky defensive end, um, former basketball player, so he's athletic. Um, he's got a lot of upside. I talked to Kenny Wilkins about it, and he said he's got a lot of talent. He's got to work hard. Um, he's got great ability. He's just got to continue to hone the little things like footwork in his hands, um, You know, making sure we're getting him caught up in the playbook. But I think after a solid spring for him, he's going to be ready to go um so kenny doesn't really pass out praise like that uh so i kind of view him as the next man up and i think when you have an opening like, like this you're looking for upside more often than not um the other guys here drew beasley and jack camper they've been around for a while but you know they haven't really had their opportunity their opportunity to show what they can do maybe look at that this year but um i think they're better in depth roles i think if you're looking for a guy that can be the next kenny Wilkis or be the next Defensive end that can command attention its probably Michael Fletcher based on um, just his, his upside and recruiting rankings and things like that. It's probably him as a guy.
0: Yeah, and MSU has a good track record of, especially defensive ends, guys who come in with a lot of pipe and living up to it. Um, Will Goldston, a five-star recruit. Shilly Calhoun, Lawrence Thomas eventually got there. Uh, Malik McDowell. Um, they've got a good track record in that, especially with Ron Burton. So Michael Fletcher sounds like he's probably like a, a breakout guy to watch uh, of anybody mm-hmm. on this roster. A guy who could have a chance to break out and get a starting role and kind of come out of nowhere. So, so that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. La- linebackers could could kind of move some guys here. Got one starter back in Antoine Simmons who had something like ninety something tackles this year. Uh, what do you make of what MC is going to do at linebacker?
1: So there's a lot of flexibility here. Yeah. Um, I, I think Antoine Simmons should stay at Star. I mean, that's a position he was great at this yes. past season. But Star is weak it.
0: for people who don't know. Star is a weak side linebacker. Sam yes. is a strong side linebacker, and Mike is the inside weak side, strong side. Depends on where you are on the field. Basically, it's not necessarily yep. left and right.
1: All right. Um, so Simmons had a great year at Star. I know they experimented with him inside when Joe Bocci was suspended, but they've kind of bounced him back out and realized Star was the best spot for him. But that does create some flexibility because when Joe Bocci was ruled ineligible, we were told that Noah Harvey, who was listed as number two on the depth chart at middle linebacker, um, that he would kind of take that role. But eventually what happened was Tyreek Thompson, who was the starting Sam linebacker, he moved inside to middle and Noah Harvey took over at Sam for the rest of the season. So uh, it seems like they liked him there. They liked Tyreek Thompson more in the middle. Now Tyreek is gone, so you essentially have only one locked-in starter, Antoine Simmons. Um, so you got to figure out whether Harvey can play at Mike or Sam. I have him at Sam just because, you know, they had a chance to play him at Mike and they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> so. he, he
0: he you could see what they liked about him, but he was. I, I mean, that's not. A, this is not an insult to him, but he was very much not at Joe Bachi's level in terms of playing the Mike.
1: Right. Um, so I, I did have my Sam for the sake of this. Maybe that changes after spring. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there, but that leaves a spot open at Mike. Um, and you know, another guy that was third on the depth chart was Ed Warner who transferred to Michigan as a walk-on. So he's no longer around. Um, so I have Luke Fulton, who was another 2019 kid at Mike linebacker for now. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to come on and impress a lot of people. Um, he's another Ohio linebacker. I think he was MSU's uh, third-ranked prospect, last year's class behind Devontae Dobbs and Julian Barnett. Um, so he's a lot, he's got a lot of promise. He's 6'3". He's got the size to play a middle linebacker. Um, I think last year is more about bringing him along slowly. But I think, you know, Joe Bocci took over as a sophomore. I think Luke Fulton can do the same as a redshirt freshman, second year on campus. So we'll see what he can do. But I think, you know, some backups here. Chase Klein got a lot of play at Sam. Um, he was a backup. He kind of took over that Brandon Boyer-Randall role as a backup to Tyreek Thompson um, before he transferred. Uh, and then Jess Botang is another guy that got some playing time with the twos and the ones a little bit. So he's should be in the mix as well, another 2018 linebacker. Um, so they have some flexibility. They have some options here. Um, so Mike Trestle will have to kind of see what he has and, and kind of play around with these options here.
0: Yeah, the, la- the last time MSU was probably this – had this many questions at linebacker was – 2017, and that's when Joe Bacci came out of nowhere to really take over that spot. So it's another spot where they have a lot of a track record of generally always having guys step up, and uh, we're just going to have to wait and see who does that. Um, Mm -hmm. Cornerbacks, there's going to be two new starters. Josiah Scott leaves early for the draft. Josh Butler graduates. Um, You've got Julian Burnett and Shakur Brown. I said last week I really like Julian Burnett at receiver, but it really sounds like he would much rather play defense, which would generally probably be a starting spot at corner.
1: Well, yeah, I remember talking to him and he said, uh, you know, before the season that he probably, he can play wherever on the field, like wherever the coaches ask him to, which is a good answer for anyone. I think the assumption was that he would start his career at cornerback, but um, MSU lost one receiver. It recruited uh, Jace Bowen. Uh, He was a, two-sport athlete, was also going to play baseball at MSU, got drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates, I believe, and started his pro career. So they lost a the receiver from last year's class. Um, Trayvon Morgan was another 2019 receiver they recruited. Um, he missed basically the whole season with a knee injury. Uh, that was announced in August. Uh, so I think when you lose two guys like that, that you, even though they weren't supposed to be, you know, featured in this offense right away, you do lose some depth there. So I think noting that, they kind of decided to move Julian Barnett to receiver. He put, he spent the whole year there. Um, you know, he made some some plays here and there. I don't think they really worked to get him the ball. Uh, he said that he kind of made a lot of freshman mistakes and that the offense kind of had to be patient with him as he kind of learned on the job. But, you know, talking to him at the end of the season, it did sound like his heart was on defense. You know, he even said that himself. Uh, and and kind of noticing – the depth at receiver now. Uh, Jalen Naylor's back in the mix. You know Trayvon Morgan will be healthy next year. Uh, MSU recruited like I think four or five receivers in this twenty twenty class, um, and then you know guys like Trey Mosley stepping up. So I think they're better off at receiver now than they were back then, uh, which would warrant a move to defense for Barnett now that Josiah Scott is gone. So um, I have him at cornerback. I think he can thrive there. Just knowing this defense is. The defensive coaching staff and how they've kind of molded cornerbacks. If he he wants to make it to the NFL, which I know he does, and he's a top 60 recruit and he thinks he has the ability to get there, I'm guessing his route to get there would be on defense rather than offense. Um, So I have him at cornerback. Uh, Other starter, I have Shakur Brown just because he kind of overtook Josh Butler late in the year as MSU starter opposite Josiah Scott. Um, I think he's going to hold on to that spot. The coaching staff likes him a lot. I think he's kind of struggled when he's – Played in games. He's gotten a lot of penalties um, and kind of makes mental mistakes. But the coaching staff loves him in practice. Other they agree about yeah. him. Other than that. so Other than
0: the mistakes and the penalties.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they seem to love him. They call him they call him Shakespeare because he makes so many plays. That's, a, that's, the, that's the line that Mike Trestle gave us. <laughs> well, I guess so, we'll see.
0: I mean, uh, obviously it has to translate to games, but they clearly like for a reason. I looked up Barnett's measurables. He's 6'2", 190, that's, big. Yep. that's That's a good size for – you don't see that often in a cornerback. It's why I really liked him at receiver, but he's got ball skills, and, you know, if – you know, he knows the position. There's a chance he could be a really, really good quarterback just based on everything he's uh, got there. I think he'd be a great receiver too, but, you know, maybe that makes him a really good cornerback as, as well. Um, safety one starter back, Xavier Henderson, who had up and down 2019 – Played some nickel before, that. played that nickel safety type role that MSU's used for a long time. Uh, what, what do you make of what, what they got here?
1: Yeah, I thought Henderson ended the year better than he started it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought some of his his routes to the ball were kind of suspect early on. I think that long J.K. Dobbins run in the Ohio State game kind of stands out for me, but I did think he finished stronger than he started, um, so he'll be a junior back there. Uh, and, yeah, you mentioned that nickel spot. That's usually a good indicator of – who the staff wants to get in the field. Yeah. Um, so Trey Person kind of held that down. And I know Michael Dow played there a little bit, but uh, Trey Person kind of took over. So I think he has the edge to be that other sa- starting safety spot that David Dow leaves behind. Um, but I do think it's going to be more of a competition. Uh, Michael Dow will certainly be in the mix. Um, Dominic Long, who's the special teams MVP. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't gotten more of a chance on – the actual defense. I know he's very valuable in that gunner role, but I, I still think that he can contribute here. Um, Darius Snow. He's a the top ranked prospect coming in from twenty twenty. Um, he's already on campus and he's a legacy kid, and he seems motivated and hungry to play. Just based on his Twitter count, he's like, if you look at it, I don't know if you've seen his tweets, but I, like that not. dude is he's like future captain all the way, like already trying to lead his his guys already, but. um I, I could see him maybe squeezing into a, a nickel role or something like that early on, just because the staff wants him involved. But I don't know if he'll be a factor for the starting job right away. But safety, yeah, you got some options there, just like every other position at Michigan yes. State right now.
0: That's that's kind of every spot on offense and defense, pretty yeah. much is. Uh, well, they got options, and they have a lot <laughs> of holes to fill everywhere. Is that going to pay off? I don't know. Spring football will be very interesting, especially the spring game, to see who's starting, who's playing where, who plays well. Because everything's up for grabs. Everything is up for grabs. That even goes for special teams. Kicker Matt Matt Coglin is back as a senior. But they brought in Jack Olson, a highly ranked kicker to this class, and he'll have a chance to, to get this job.
1: Yeah, I think so uh Antonio had a a press Presser, kind of mentioned Jack and said he will probably have a chance to come in right away and compete um it's not not the best vote of confidence for Matt Coglin but you know he struggled and he's got to convert on on the kicks that he's missed um you know the Arizona State game stands out where he missed three of them um that really cost him the game I know there are other factors in there but it certainly didn't help so Coglin I think it will be challenged a little bit by Jack Olson. We will also have a brand new punter, Chris. Another Jack. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, Jack Bomeister, the Australian punter, um, will be the next. Jake Hartbarger, we'll have to uh, have our new uh, Punter of the Week award named after him or yeah. something like that. Yeah.
0: Jack, get ready. Jack Bomeister, get ready to hear your name on the podcast. <laughs> and you're <laughs> so just, you're just to excited you to talk to somebody with an Australian accent, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. For real. Get some get some uh, flavor in in this uh, roster a little bit. Got to change it. So up. Uh, yeah, yeah. For
0: both of these. Jack Olson was a top five kicker in 2020. Jack Boehmester was a top ten punter in 2019. So if there's one place where MSU is recruiting very well, it's at punter <laughs> and kicker.
1: Absolutely. I think Don Treadwell. I don't know if I'm remembering this wrong, but I think Don Treadwell uh, Treadwell went to Australia to recruit Boehmester. Which is uh, it's a nice, it's a pretty nice recruiting trip.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that'd be a fun story, like yeah. the guys you get to recruit, like Hawaii and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what,
0: what do you make yeah. of the return game here? Wrapping it
1: up. So, yeah, it's another spot. I mean, we're just gonna keep saying it. Plenty of options here. Um, I have Anthony Williams returning kicks. I know Daryl Stewart handled that last year. He's no longer around. I think Anthony Williams and Julian Barnett kind of split time doing that, but. I guess we'll see. I have Anthony Williams doing that for now. Uh, punt return, this is purely off my own speculation, I guess, but I have LaRisse Nelson back there because why not? You know, the guy's not playing much on offense. Uh, he's got the speed. He's quick in space. Why not have him return some punts? Um, I guess you could throw out a freshman. Um, you know, we saw Jalen Naylor do that a little bit his freshman year. Um, but I don't know. Why not give it to an upperclassman like LaRisse Nelson who's kind of stuck around here?
0: Is it Larice or LaRess?
1: I say LaRice. I think he says "Luis" too. <laughs> okay. I feel
0: like I've heard both, or at least on TV, maybe they've said LaRice, and maybe they were wrong.
1: Yeah. I've noticed since I've been on the Michigan State beat that there are names that I thought I was saying right all these years, but D'Antonio or someone else will say it a completely different way. Hey, <laughs> you know what?
0: D'Antonio used to say um, Larry Capers, the running back in the in the in 2009 <laughs> when his name was Larry Capers. So, okay. yeah. so it yeah. happens. It and, happens. And you mentioned Jalen Naylor. You know, do, do you keep him away from kick kick returns because of his injury history? Jaden Reed, the, he returned punts and kicks at Western Michigan yes. in 2018, but uh, so maybe that's... I find him
1: too valuable. You know, I, he's he's going to be a piece this year, so I don't know if you want to. Given Michigan State's injury history, which has not been great the last couple years, I don't know if you even want to risk having a player out there. Um, I get not wanting to have a Brandon Sowers type back there who's just going to like let the ball bounce or whatever or fair catch. But I still think there are options here where you can have a guy like Larese Nelson um, who has some speed back there while saving, you know, your starters from from injury.
0: It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Daryl Stewart hurt on a kick return?
1: I think he was. Yeah. I think
0: he was too. So that lends to your point there. Um, yeah. So that's it for depth chart. For, for a deeper view, check out what Colton's done last couple weeks projecting all these, he goes in depth more on names to watch. Cause there's going to be a lot of new faces all over the place. And if you want to figure out who these guys are, Colton does a really good job breaking it down of, of who you, who you could expect to see a lot more of uh, next year. Colton, you also wrote about the offensive line um, earlier this week, and you've got some more stuff coming up. Uh, what are some other things that listeners should uh, check out on the athletic?
1: Yeah. So I wanted to take a look at, MSU's offense under Brad Salem. And this was less about, you know, the traditional statistics and more about, you know, tendencies and maybe some subtle changes to the offense. So I looked at personnel, um, 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, three receivers. That was MSU's most used uh, personnel formation this year. Um, So kind of going to those numbers, how often they used it, how often they used other personnel groupings. I went into tempo. Um, Tempo, my favorite thing. Yeah, so MSU. I can just share this. MSU ran the no huddle on fifty five percent of its offensive snaps this season. Did it
0: really? That's higher than I would have guessed.
1: Guess guess what the number was last year. Uh, thirty
0: five. Six point four. Wow. Yeah. So they really and- really cranked up the tempo, and apparently, I only noticed when they scored touchdowns on it, but. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I always said they should run more tempo. Clearly they did, and the offensive numbers weren't any better. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm not right.
1: So, I, you know, I took a look at some other things, you know, with, through drop passes in there just because that's been a key theme and, you know, how often they're running a, a zone blocking scheme and things like that. So, I, I kind of took a look at some more analytical aspects of the offense rather than traditional stats, and I'll have that later today or perhaps tomorrow depending on uh, how the schedule plays out. But, uh, yeah, look out for that.
0: That is uh, very good stuff that you will not find anywhere else. So make sure you check that out. And if uh, you're listening and you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash green and white noise, A-N-D for and, will get you 40% off a subscription. Great time to check that out. The Athletic covers everything you could think of, so check that out. Um, That'll do it here. We'll be back next week to talk after the second signing day. And maybe there are coaching changes after that. We'll have to wait and see. But keep an eye out for that next week. Please rate, review, subscribe. Tweet at us. I'm at Chris Vanini. He's at Colton underscore Pouncy. Uh, we enjoy the feedback always in interacting, so please do that. The support is much appreciated. So for Colton, I'm Chris Vanini. Thanks to our producer, Mike Zimmerman. Shout out to the Road Dog, Jesse James. And we will see you on the other side.